0: Aloha, this is Jason from Hawaii. Welcome to a special edition of the Comics for Fun and Profit podcast. In this episode, I interviewed writer Eric Burnham. Now let's get started. I am here with superstar writer, Eric Burnham. Eric, welcome to the show. Well, hey, Jason, thanks for having me. Thank you very much for doing this interview. Now, Eric, before we begin, I just want to let our listeners know you wrote The Scarlet Spider-Man. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the long-running Ghostbusters series, and if correct me if I'm wrong, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Ghostbusters crossover miniseries. Yep. The new Transformers series, Transformers Beast Wars, that's currently out right now. You are the editor for your friend's book, The Raptor, and then correct me if I'm wrong on this: Image comic, Ho- um, hoax, Hunts, hoax hunters. Blah, blah. Red Sonja, New Warriors, and the new Godzilla miniseries that is coming out today on April 21st called Godzilla Monsters and Protectors. Did you, did I miss anything?
1: I, you know, I think you've, uh, I think you got just about everything there. I mean, there was a couple of stragglers, but those were so far back. I I don't blame you for missing them. You got all the important stuff.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. Before we start the interview, I just want to give a few mahalos or thank you in Hawaiians um, for people who made this interview possible. First off, I want to thank Tom Waltz, creative development, senior editor at IDW. Also Megan Brown, correct? She's one of the editors at IDW as well. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. And then also I want to give a big thank you to Toho Company. Toho owns the race to the Godzilla franchise. Did you guys have to go through them to... Say okay for for to do any interviews and stuff like
1: that. Uh, yeah, just to just to make sure that uh, that they were okay with me doing some talking about the book. Yeah, yeah, we had to get uh, that permission, okay. which I you know I I we didn't think they would say no, but always better safe than sorry.
0: Oh no, yes, yeah. First question: Where can listeners follow you on social media?
1: Uh, well, I'm most easily found on Twitter, and I just use my name, Eric Burnham, E R I K, B U R N H A M and uh you know there i'm on instagram as well and uh from from those two places you can you can uh work around and find me just about everywhere else
0: so i'm going to start off with your origin story where did you grow up i grew up uh when people say all over uh that's
1: that's how i grew up uh my, my dad had a wanderlust and decided to you know move around a bunch just whenever he felt the urge so uh I started in uh, northern Minnesota in Bemidji, which is north of where I am now, uh, wound up before I graduated high school in Texas, Arizona, Washington State, Alaska, and then it circled back around to Minnesota again.
0: Alaska. we're in Alaska?
1: Uh, Dillingham, which is on the West Coast, uh, uh-huh. Bristol Bay, just above the, the Aleutian Chain.
0: Oh, okay. How long did you live oh, no. in Alaska?
1: Uh, gosh, uh, about a uh, little over two years. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. So, uh, almost three. Yeah. Oh okay so was it was it was it pretty much like wilderness country out in that
1: area where i was yeah there was uh, you know 25 miles of paved road there was no uh, like fast food restaurants or chains along those lines so it was it was really enclosed you had to fly a plane to get in or out of the town i, I mean you could have gotten there by boat as well if you had if you had uh, wanted to sail around but uh, yeah no uh, for for convenience sake it was it was a plane to get in and out real bush country
0: because me and my wife, there have been a couple of times we've been to Alaska, you know, mm-hmm. and of course, we, you know, we've done the cruises and stuff. We also did the land tour to Denali. We were in Fairbanks and, of course, Anchorage. So, mm-hmm. Drew, the co of Comics for Fun and Profit, submitted this question. What was your first comic book that you read?
1: Boy, it's tough to remember the first one that I read because my uh, dad collected comics before I was born and my grandpa had a lot just for, you know, the grandkids coming over. Yes, but the one I remember best is uh, when I was uh, five, well maybe four. um, There was a house fire, and you know the whole house went up, everything went away. My grandpa gave me one of the comics from his stash, and it was an early Avengers annual. Um, So that's the one that I remember and kind of stuck with me. It was my first possession after a fire.
0: Yeah, hear about that. Well, you know. dad and your grandfather collected comics do they still have do do you have any of those or
1: no no all those ones outside of i i have the tatters of the one that i was just mentioning that avengers annual Uh, um but everything else went up in that fire uh,
0: i'm sorry yeah i hope everyone's okay
1: oh yeah no no i mean we just we just lost stuff and uh and you know i mean it just we we uh we rebounded pretty well so yeah
0: do you remember your first lcs that you visited
1: Funny thing is, I've never really lived near a comic shop, mm-hmm. um, which, is, which is kind of a bummer. Uh, there are two and, and uh, that I like to visit. I, I, I came to them mostly after I was already in comics and going to conventions. There's a, there's a great one down in uh, Roseville, Minnesota. That's the Source Comic and Games. I like going there. And then uh, a friend of mine has a shop in Cedar Falls, Iowa called Limited Edition. It's a fantastic store. And it's a little strange because it's also a barbershop. Yeah. So <laughs> barbershop slash comic shop started out as a barbershop. And he started bringing in some comics. And then the comic section just grew until he had, you know, a couple of barber chairs uh, in the corner of a comic shop. And that's what it is now. And it's uh, it's a fun place to go and visit.
0: That's a perfect setup. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, for kids that have to wait for their parents to get their hair cut or, it, for a little kid um need to get a haircut they could read comics either while they wait or while they sit in the barber chair
1: <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's uh he's he's really turned it into a a destination spot it's a college town and he just you know it uh it works out real well for him and it's and it's a great shop in general i was really impressed the first time i went there are you
0: collecting anything right
1: now any comics any action figures oh gosh um i'm I'm not collecting anything specific. I grab things now if something catches my eye. So I guess I'm I'm collecting miscellaneous. But, uh, you know, uh, comics, as far as it goes, it's tough to keep up with stuff because I have so many friends and I try to keep up with their work, which keeps me from keeping up with everything else I want to. Plus the work I do. It's It's funny. You find that once you start working in comics, you start reading them a lot less mm-hmm. just, just because that's the way it goes. And it's a little bit embarrassing, but I do find good things as often as I can. Um, right now, it's, it's basically a story of I've got so many friends coming out with great Kickstarters. I'm backing them, getting the books and, and checking them out. And it's, uh, that's been fantastic. Some great stuff that way.
0: All right. So what led you to work in comics? Oh,
1: well, (laughs) uh, losing my job at a radio station. That's (laughs) kind of, here's the long story made short as as I can. Uh, I worked at a radio station. I got laid off. And uh, then I was a little over a year without a job. So I was hanging out on the internet, hanging out on comic book boards uh, Mm -hmm. and learning what was going on with books. And of course, as comic fans do, there was a lot of complaints this sucks. That sucks. I could do better than this. I could do better than that. Um, during a group chat one night on the old AOL Instant Messenger, uh, that conversation was playing out and somebody said, hey, well, we should put our money where our mouth is.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And we did an anthology. Um, the uh, The Shooting Star Comics anthology came out in, uh, excuse me, uh, late 2002. Uh, mm-hmm. It was about eight months after we decided to... Uh, to do one. Mm-hmm. And that turned into a short lived comic company. Uh, it, it closed basically because nobody had time for it after a few years, but we were about six years at Shooting Star Comics. And that publisher, our, our little uh, publisher, we put out Tom Waltz's first work. Which was mm-hmm. Children of the Grave, oh. and uh, we put that out as as individual issues. That's how I met Tom. Mm-hmm. Tom uh, lives in San Diego and was uh, talking with the people at IDW. They wanted to collect Children of the Grave in a trade. He got on real well with them, and eventually, when they needed another editor, he got a job there. And he, uh, you know, he asked uh, asked me if I wanted to pitch for an anthology that he was working on. I did. Mm-hmm. I got in on that, and then it just. It just became, hey, would you like to write this? Would you like to write this? And it kind of snowballed into all of a sudden, that's all I'm doing is writing. And uh, I love it.
0: That's pretty cool. Did you go to college? Did you major in you know, English or creative writing or anything like that?
1: Oh, no. None of my schooling had anything to do with comics or, or any type, of, <laughs> any type of, of things that I do now. There was, uh-huh. there was no schooling to back it up.
0: Oh, ah, okay. Was it more like a self-taught thing of how to write, you know, and stuff like that?
1: Well, I mean, I always, I always uh, enjoyed writing. I wrote plays in high school. I wrote short stories uh, after, after that, uh, uh, and and you know, through semi original fanfic on the internet, just because I didn't have anything else to do for a while when I when I moved to a new town, um, and and it just, yeah, no, I, I just kind of fell into comics because Tom asked me to pitch for that uh, that anthology so those many years ago. <laughs> no, but
0: that. But that's pretty cool that you know, like in high school, that you're writing pre- plays, short stories, and the thing was the main thing is that you still just continue to keep on writing. Mm-hmm. That is pretty cool. All right. Um, so Drew is asking another question. What was your first paid comic book job?
1: That was the one, the one I just mentioned, the uh, the anthology, okay. which was uh, Gene Simmons' House of Horrors. It was a Tales for the Crypt kind of a thing that uh, that uh, Gene Simmons was the was the host of. And uh, yeah, I wrote and drew a, an eight-page horror story mm-hmm. for that.
0: <laughs> and I'm going to ask: Did you meet Gene Simmons?
1: Did you I, you know what? I, I I never did. I he was he was at the IDW booth um, when I went to my first San Diego Comic Con, and uh, I could have met him. But at the same time, I also heard that he had to get going, and he was oh. you know still meeting people. I'm like, you know what?
0: I'll let him go. It's it's cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to hold anybody up. Yeah, no, no, yeah. No. But uh, that would have been pretty cool if you did mute for at least a second. Mm-hmm, yeah. Oh, I'm, so- I'm sorry to hear about that. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. All right. So I'm going to move on to um, your your passwords, like um, Ghostbusters, Spider-Man, Teenage Ninja, Mutant Ninja Turtles. What was your first experience to the Ghostbusters?
1: Uh, First writing experience or just first experience with the Ghostbusters?
0: That's first experience with the Ghostbusters, whether you saw the movies. Oh yeah. Uh,
1: I I was, uh, I was about 1986. I was visiting some relatives. Um, We were, we were over there having, uh, having dinner. And they happened to have rented it and they were in the middle of watching it. Their their kids. I should say my cousins were in the middle of watching it. And I just sat down and got sucked into the story. And when it was done, I, you know, asked to rewind it and watch the part that I missed. And, you know, so I watched the movie at uh, one and a half times that night. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, no, I just, it just, uh, it just grabbed me. And then the cartoon, the real Ghostbusters uh, came out not long after and solidified my, uh, my interest and love of the franchise. How
0: did you get the call to write Ghostbusters series?
1: Okay, well, that one was um, Tom became the editor of the Ghostbusters series in 2008. And immediately, <laughs> I called him and said, Tom, I really want to pitch for this. I love the Ghostbusters. Give me a chance. He said, here's what's going on. We have 2009 covered. We're going to be doing quarterly holiday themed specials. Mm-hmm. And after that, you can, you can send me a pitch now and I can get it you know, pre-approved by Sony. And then after those holiday specials, we can, we can revisit it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they did the holiday specials, and instead of the thing that I had pitched, he said, would you like to just do the two-issue infestation miniseries? IDW was doing a crossover mm-hmm. of their licensed properties that wasn't really a crossover, it just had a common theme running through them, mm-hmm. uh, so that they didn't have to to, you know try to figure out the legality of at that time of like transformers with ghostbusters with, you know, yeah. star Trek.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, and he just, yeah, no, he, uh, he asked if I would like to, to do that one. And, uh, you know, I mean, the answer was of course, yes, absolutely. So, um, so, uh, that was two that was January, 2010 is when he asked me to do it. I wrote it in the summer. It came out in March mm-hmm. of 2011. It had a, a great response and such a great response. He asked if I would like to pitch an ongoing series, which, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I sat down and wrote out uh, every idea I had, sent him like 15 pages worth of ideas, and we went from there.
0: Wow, that's pretty cool. And then um, when did you, and now I'm going to try to pronounce um, the Ghostbusters artist, Dan Schoening? Is that correct? Shunning. Shoning, Shoning, Yeah. So when did mm-hmm. you guys start to team up to do the Ghostbusters um, series?
1: Uh, we, we teamed up uh, with, the, uh, with the first issue of The Ongoing. I worked with Kyle Hatz um, oh, on the Infestation, and he wasn't available to do The Ongoing. Mm-hmm. So uh, Dan had done one of the uh, aforementioned Holiday One Shots. Tom liked working with him and decided to plug him in. And yeah, we've been working together ever since.
0: Just recently because i picked up ghostbusters 101 the trade everyone has hmm. a call and i love it you know i i read the i read chapter one or part one and like i said i love it i love the you know i love your writing style it it drew me in because you have a love and respect for the character you know when i hear um you know like Vankman i can hear i can hear bill murray's voice um and then, like, when I hear, like, Dr. Abby Yates, I can hear Melissa McCarthy as well. And it's pretty cool. And I, and I love Dan's artwork as well, too. It's really great.
1: Oh, yeah. No, he, he throws so much in there. He comes uh, from an animation background. And you can tell when you look at his pages.
0: Yeah. Um, did you guys ever meet any of the Ghostbuster actors, whether it's the original, from the original movie, the 2016, or any of the voice actors?
1: Oh, sure. Um, we were at uh, the Ghostbusters Fan Fest back in 2019. Uh, Dan has met um, Dan Aykroyd and and a few of the others apart. But uh, at that uh, Fan Fest, we, we got to chat a little bit with uh, Maurice LaMarche, who was Egon in the real Ghostbusters. And uh, a couple of minutes, we got to talk with William Atherton, who was Walter Peck. And that is he, he is just the, the sweetest guy, just a, a really nice guy. Um. Yeah, that's it. And then uh, at uh, San Diego Comic-Con in 2017, we got to uh, do a Q&A panel and, and have a little chat with Ivan Reitman. So oh
0: that's,
1: who, that's, who, that's who we got to meet. Well, that's, you know,
0: yeah. When you guys met William Atherton, who plays mm-hmm. Walter Peck. Mm-hmm. Like you said, he, he's the sweetest guy, but yet in Ghostbusters and in the, di- in the first two Die Hard movies. Mm -hmm. it's a 360 from his character you know oh yeah
1: yeah in real life just the exact opposite
0: (laughs) i'm going to keep moving on so um what was your first exposure to spider-man whether it was in
1: oh yeah no that was spider-man was i mean i had spider-man comics uh, before that fire that i mentioned i loved spider-man from go the cartoons just he looked cool, and I I loved him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was reading the reprints of the old Ditko comics in the in the uh, Marvel tales, and I was reading the you know whatever current ones I could have. It didn't matter if it was Spider Man on the cover, I would uh, I would be just wrapped my attention just right on those pages, wherever I found him, and it really didn't change. <laughs> he's he's my favorite uh, superhero character.
0: How did you get the writing job for to write Scarlet the uh, Scarlet Spider Man?
1: Well, that one was um, Chris Yost, who was writing Scarlet Spider. Uh, he was also working on uh, the Thor sequel, The Dark World, oh. and so his schedule was was a little bit packed, and he had seen. Uh, some of my Ghostbusters work online got a kick out of it, and just reached out and asked if I might be interested in scripting uh, the dialogue over his plots. And yes, absolutely. It was uh, so it was entirely um, on uh, on Chris's <laughs> on Chris's initiative that I ever got to work on a
0: on a Marvel book. How excited were you when you got that call?
1: Oh my goodness. You just, you, you can't even know. I, I, uh, I was just giggling to myself when I was typing thwip <laughs> into uh Microsoft word. I'm like,
0: oh, I can't. This
1: is awesome. Uh, and even better. The, uh, the first issue that I, that I scripted for, for him also had Wolverine. So I got to type in snicked as well. And my inner child was just, uh, you know, plotting, giddy.
0: <laughs> okay. So we're going to touch back on, um, your love for Spider-Man later in the episode of uh, in this okay, interview. Nope. okay. All right. What was your first exposure to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles?
1: Well, that was uh, the 1987 cartoon. I think that's what got most people uh, got the turtles on most people's radar was that cartoon. It was everywhere. It was a huge hit. And from there I backtracked to some of the older Mirage comics and uh, the Archie comics. And then it's just uh they're, they're, it's a cool franchise. They can do so much with it. They've done hard sci-fi. They've gone off to space. They've gone to other dimensions. They've done the ninja stories. They've done comedy. They've done some really dark drama, uh, really versatile stuff, which upon first hearing the concept, you might not necessarily think, but uh, yeah, no, they're, they're very versatile. And I, I enjoyed that and uh, was excited when I got a chance to to do some writing for
0: them. And then I'm going to ask, so how did the ghostbusters um ninja turtle crossover come about how did that yeah how did it, how did that well, come about? well
1: um tom waltz and i were both working on both properties to different degrees tom was the writer of the ongoing ninja turtle series mm-hmm. and he was the editor of ghostbusters i of course was writing ghostbusters and i did a couple of mini series and one shots for the ghostbusters excuse me for the uh, ninja turtle series for the editor bobby kernow um and uh, we were at uh, my first San Diego Comic Con. It was one o'clock in the morning. We were sitting there talking, and said, "You know, it would be fun <laughs> if we crossed these two over." And we were talking about ideas, and and you know, because there's there, you know, there's two teams of four characters, and they both operate out of New York City, and the parallels were there, and it seemed like a fun idea. It took us, uh, it took us, um, gosh, I think three years to convince Nickelodeon and Sony to mm-hmm. agree to do it, mm-hmm. but uh, once once they were on board, it, it uh, came together pretty quickly and, and came went over well.
0: Okay, I, I have to track that um, trade down and I have to check that out, I really- Oh yeah. Yeah, because it sounds like a lot of fun. And also too, um, the Ghostbusters trade that I picked up, the Ghostbusters 101, everyone answers the call. There's a little reference to that too, that I guess there's that trans that transporter door. Mm-hmm. And made a mention, and I remember you made a mention of it. That you know, um, of it of that, they met some turtles or some something like that.
1: Right. Well, the thing that we did with all of the Ghostbusters miniseries and the crossovers is we made sure that they all counted. So we might not be able to mention the Ninja Turtles directly uh because of you know the legalities but we would mention them in an offhand way and it all happened it all counted it all made sense for the ongoing story and yeah we just built off everything you know why waste it
0: yeah okay um sorry i didn't add i didn't put this question when i sent you the list of questions i'm sorry i forgot to ask one more question the Transformers. What was your first ex- um, exposure to the
1: Transformers? Oh boy, I was collecting uh, or trying to collect as many of them as I could uh, back in the eighties when it came out. My brother had GI Joe. I had Transformers and Masters of the Universe, uh-huh. and those were our were our toy things. And um, it was yeah, no, they were just cool. I mean, they were robots that turned into other things. It was yeah. uh, it was just uh, you know, it was a puzzle and a toy. I loved it. Mm-hmm. um and you know like i said the cartoon uh being entertaining uh to me at the time didn't
0: hurt either and then um now correct me if i'm wrong um transformers beast wars is that your um first writing assignment for transformers
1: um no i did a, a transformers and ghostbusters crossover uh in 2019 oh, okay. yeah yeah, that was the first thing that i did for uh, with transformers and uh, that was because they uh Hasbro made a uh, Ecto One Transformer, um, and because they decided to do the toy, we said, "Well, we should do a comic with that. That'd be fun." Mm-hmm. And and you know, I mean, that's literally how it came together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was the first time I got to do Transformers,
0: and uh, yeah. Oh, okay, all right. And then before I move on to the Godzilla miniseries, do you have any of your Transformers from the nineteen eighties? Do you still have any anything?
1: From that part. oh boy they're probably if they if they still uh, if they're still <laughs> in in one piece mm-hmm. uh, they'd probably be in storage somewhere at my parents house I would think that I still have Grimlock ah. that's the one I'm pretty sure that I still have and he's I know he's not in one piece but uh, I, I don't think he was he was tossed <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. all right so Eric I'm sorry. I'm gonna move along I'm gonna uh, move on to um, to um, Godzilla Monsters and Protectors, the mini series. So, sure. what, were your, what was your first exposure to Godzilla? Okay, well, Godzilla was just kind
1: of in pop culture and I was aware of him, but the first time that I was just super excited was uh, roundabout to 1986 i remember seeing the commercials for godzilla 1985 you know it was coming on tv it was the sunday night movie i'm like this is great this is godzilla it's going to be on tv i can watch it i'm so excited and i mean just the the commercials had me hyped up and i i, I was too young to realize that there wasn't as much godzilla in the godzilla movies Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i'm i'm watching i'm getting tired because it's it's late i'm like when's godzilla gonna show up but uh he did now it was uh it was it was fun to watch i enjoyed it Mm -hmm. but that was uh that just the 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 excitement the hype of those commercials i was so excited for it and then
0: i'm gonna ask you so what what did you like about godzilla or what drew you to godzilla i mean
1: he's a nuclear dinosaur what more do you need yeah okay Uh, that's just no no he's 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 a, he's, he's a giant monster he, he spits uh, atomic fire he knocks over buildings he fights other monsters this is all cool stuff
0: yes no it is and i'm going to say it's it's the same thing Because um when i first saw my Godzilla, you know when i first saw godzilla it's same thing it was just a huge dinosaur and i was like wow this is pretty cool and he's destroying he's, he's well is kind of bad for me to say but he's like he's destroying the city this is pretty awesome (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: well i mean you know it's 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 not real destruction so that can be fun
0: yes that's that that is true all right so have you seen all the godzilla movies
1: not all of them i've seen uh i've seen a good chunk Uh uh-huh so yeah
0: and then um let's see i'm gonna um ask um let's see have you seen godzilla versus kong
1: I have. I have. I uh, I watched it when it hit on HBO Max, and then I actually just saw it in the theater last night. Oh, my God. It was so great in the theater with the those big thumping speakers whenever the Godzilla theme started to wah, wah You know, I'm just like, yeah, this is great. And I, I had the theater completely to myself, so it was even better.
0: <laughs> ah, that is pretty awesome. That, that <laughs> really is. <laughs> oh, and I mean, not only to have the theater to yourself, but to see it on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: yeah, it was worth seeing on the on the big screen. Absolutely. Okay.
0: Um, let's and you know what were your thoughts on it? You know. Oh boy! I mean, it had
1: everything I wanted. It had it had Godzilla. It had King Kong, and they fought. And then they, you know, like in a good comic book t- style crossover. They found somebody else to fight, and they and they parted on good terms. I'm spoiling the movie for those who haven't seen it, but I mean, it's. I, I I don't think it's really a surprise. They fought. They fought somebody else, and you know nobody nobody wants to see these two either one of these two kill each other. And obviously that's not what happened. But I mean, it was. Uh, I just, I, you know, it turned me into a ten year old. I was just, I was giddy watching it.
0: <laughs> okay, um, now, out of the you know, the, the Godzilla movies that you have seen, you know, what was your, um, what was your favorite? Do you have a favorite Godzilla movie or do you have a couple of favorite Godzilla movies?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, no, I I, I do. I, um, I mentioned this before on uh, on the Geek History Lesson. We were talking yeah. about this. Yeah, we chatted about that. Um, with Jason and Ashley, I uh, I love the original, uh, the Japanese version, not the version with Raymond Burr of the, uh, the first 1954 movie. And, uh, the first time I saw it uncut and, you know, subtitled and all this stuff, I was just kind of bowled over when they were directly referencing the atomic bomb. And then I realized, oh yeah, that was only 10 years before. Holy cow. (laughs) Um, it just, it kind of, it kind of shook me a little bit because I wasn't expecting it. And, um, and, you know, I mean, it was, it was played for drama. Sure, they had the, you know, the nuclear dinosaur walking around, but it was a fairly serious drama for, for a monster movie. And uh, it was just, it was, it was engrossing. And so was its sequel, Godzilla Raids Again. They started to get progressively a little weirder, a little sillier. And the thing I kind of like about them is, all of them, <laughs> is uh, here's something weird. Here's the explanation for something weird. It might not make sense, but it's the explanation, and everybody's just like, "Cool, we're going with that," uh-huh. <laughs> and that's just that's fantastic. I mean, it's just you know, aliens show up in Godzilla. They're aliens. They're invading the Earth. Well, that makes sense, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Why wouldn't they be? You know. <laughs> so I mean, uh, I just I, I like that. It's it's earnest. It's straightforward. And yeah, I love those two. Though those were my favorite.
0: And before I continue on, and thank you for reminding me that, you know, um, listeners, if you guys get a chance, check out Geek History Lesson Podcast, episode 361. It came out on March, um, just came out recently, March 29th. Um, it, and the title is Godzilla with Eric Burnham. Okay. Um, let's see. And I, you know what one thing I want to point out to you, when I, because I listened to that episode, I thought it was great that you said that the 1998 Godzilla movie was like a remake of the beast from 20,000 Phantoms. Phantoms.
1: Oh yeah. No, that was my brother who pointed that out to me. Mm-hmm. And when, as soon as he said it, I'm like, son of a gun, <laughs> it kind of is. Um, it it really does. Uh, it really does
0: fit that mold pretty well. Mm-hmm. No, because, because I'm going to say, because when I first saw um, that Godzilla movie in the theaters, when it first came out, I, I'm gonna say, I kept going. You know, this all looks familiar. It doesn't feel like a Godzilla movie, but I've seen this movie before. And then, when I listened to the um, to the Geek History Lesson um, podcast that you were on, and you mentioned that, then I'm like, that's right. Because I I remember seeing the Beast from Twenty Thousand uh, What was it when I played in the, on t- played on TV back in the seventies. Because I remember that was a and that that old movie, the piece from Twenty Thousand Phantoms, is a very good movie as well. But yeah, so okay. Um, have you read any of the Marvel Godzilla comics?
1: Yes and no. I know that I read them at one point because oh. I I clearly remember you know Dum Dum Dugan chasing after Godzilla, yes. but it's been so long I could not remember anything more than that so if you put him in front of me now it might i might uh, i might remember oh i remember this panel but yeah. i couldn't do it without you know without like a uh, mental aid <laughs> so yeah yeah they're, they're, it's 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 been so far back in my memory it might well as never have happened
0: no but that's pretty cool that you remember um dum-dum Dugan because it's like mm-hmm. because I, for me it's like because i remember reading the comics the same thing and it's like that's right dum-dum was the only one that was always chasing after him you mm-hmm. know Godzilla um, and then also, um, I remember, the, like the Red Ronin appeared, that huge giant um, mecha robot thing that first appeared in Avengers. Also, oh. I think fought Godzilla as well too. So, um, and then, did you ever read the Art Adams Godzilla story from Dark Horse?
1: Uh, again, yeah, I know I did because that art was too pretty to ignore, but uh, <laughs> it, it was long enough ago that I, I couldn't tell you the story off the top of my head. But I mean, you know, I mean, Arthur Adams and any kind of a monster, I'm going to be there for that story.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, um, while growing up, um, or even now, you know, um, did you collect any of the um, Godzilla um, monster uh, action figures?
1: I, I'm tempted when I see them on the shelves because they're so cool looking, but I don't have any space to display them right now, which Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just like, I don't want to have it sitting in a box in a closet. That's not cool. Uh, the only Godzilla thing that I have is is a little tiny little, uh, two inch tall PVC. It's, it's, it's not a hero clicks, but it's, you know, like roughly that same size on a little base. This is something that my brother, uh, gave me, um, when he, when he heard that I was going to be writing some Godzilla and it's, I like it. It's, it's small enough that I, that I can find space for it. It's right on top of my uh, desktop uh, tower, looking down at me, spitting the flames.
0: So. (laughs) That's, that's pretty cool. That really is. Uh, Okay. So can you explain to our listeners, how did you get this awesome assignment, the writing assignment for, you know, for this Godzilla mini series?
1: Boy, this was uh, just straight up Tom Waltz saying, "Hey, would you like to pitch Godzilla?" I it's you know it, I wish it was more complicated than that, but oh, it was wow. just like, yeah, no. Uh, IDW is going to be doing several different things with Godzilla. They're going to have several different projects. Mm-hmm. Um, ours was just the first one that happened to come out, and uh, it was yeah, it was just he was like, "We're we're going to do some Godzilla. It's going to be." This, this particular series I want to pitch for is going to be middle grade. It's going to be, you know, aimed at kids. So, you know, you can use some humor in it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can play Godzilla straight, which, you know, uh, we, nobody wants Godzilla to be a buffoon. But um, we, uh, you know, just, you know, you can do that. So they had ideas that they wanted me to incorporate. Um, Toho had some ideas that they they were looking for. But, uh, yeah, no, it just happened to be he asked if I was interested. I was, and everybody liked the, uh, the stuff that I wound up coming up with. So now, it all just kind of fortuitously came together.
0: Okay. I'm not looking for any spoilers, but can you at least just, you know, just give a gist of the story to our listeners?
1: Okay. Um, well, they were looking for an environmental angle. So um, and since the first issue is out, uh, Godzilla's a little irritated Uh, about a new form of uh in theory renewable energy but it's uh messing with with the natural balance so he's not happy and is uh attacking (laughs) the uh the the uh, the stations that produce this energy um and i i guess the the only other thing i can say since the cover has been released and it's on comiXology and people can see it it's not a spoiler uh the big bad guy that um was suggested it you know to throw and be used was Biollante yes and uh that's that so that's where we're gonna have Godzilla fighting and this was the the rough thing for this one was the movie was when I was when I was putting this together was not available Godzilla versus Biollante I couldn't find it anywhere it's one of those I'm like well I'm not gonna spend 60 bucks on this thing yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so I'm just gonna have to uh read some wikis and hope mm-hmm but no, it, uh, it it I you know, there's there's resources, there's people I can ask. I, I was uh it it came together, but I was a little frustrated that I couldn't actually watch the movie and, and figure out what was going on from that.
0: Okay. Um okay, so to listeners, you know, I've already read the first issue on comicsology. I love it. You know, I love the um I love the artwork. Um I also love the main character now. Um Cedric is um correct me if I'm wrong, is a middle schooler. Yes.
1: Yeah. We, yeah. We want to keep them roughly middle school age, not quite high school.
0: Okay. But you know, I love the story. It was a fun story. The cool thing I loved about, um, about Cedric is that him and his mom is from Hawaii. Yeah. That that was pretty cool. So I, I have to, I'm sorry, I'm going off the cuff. Mm -hmm. How did you guys come up with that angle?
1: Well, um, the, uh, the general idea was that it was going to take place in Tokyo in the American school there, um, and we kind of wanted to have one of the kids to be Japanese, or at least half Japanese. Yes. And uh, so Cedric became that. But where, you know, if he if he's part American, where where would we have him be from? Would we have him be from you know some place in the east of the country. Would have him be from the West Coast, uh, uh, California or Washington? And then it's just like, why not Hawaii? That's, <laughs> I mean, you, you know better than I do. It's a pretty diverse state. It yeah. would make a lot of sense. Let's do that.
0: And uh, yeah, just, uh, it was fun. But I'm going to say, when I read that, I was like, oh, that's so cool. It's just, yeah. I mean, Eric, thank you for doing that. You know, that is so cool. Sure. <laughs> okay. Now, um, did you re- did you request Dan, your artist and partner in crime from the Ghostbuster series to do this mini
1: uh, this was, this was another one where Tom was like, uh, it'd be, it'd be fun to have Dan draw something new and something fun with, with big monsters. And uh, so, I mean, I would have asked for Dan, but mm-hmm. I didn't have to. <laughs> it just, uh, Dan and Luis, I can't forget Luis Antonio Delgado. He's the one who does the colors. And uh, the, you know, Dan and him are kind of like one entity at this point. It's gorgeous. Okay. All
0: right. Now um, before I continue on with um you know, your work relationship with you and Dan. Now, Drew submitted a question, submitted this question. So, you know, um, do you give a full script to um, your artists or anyone that you're working with, whether it's Dan or, you know? Sure, sure. Um, Well, I mean, if it was
1: working with Dan, Uh strictly speaking, uh, I wouldn't have to because he is so good about, just, you know, getting what I'm going for, right. but we're working with licensed products and everything has to be approved mm. before they get to Dan. So I do have to write a full script anyway, oh. um, because they have to see what, what I'm going for and they have to understand it um, and approve it and say yes to this, no to this, change this, okay. we love this, we hate this, whatever. Um, so, so yeah, Dan's going to get, anybody's going to get a full script uh, so long as I'm, I'm writing a licensed property, just because that's the, the process.
0: Okay. All right. And then um, the Godzilla in this miniseries, did you and Dan talk about which movie version of Godzilla you guys wanted to use for this miniseries?
1: We, uh, we didn't talk about what movie version. We, we more just were, were, were looking for, for the right look. And um, you know I made a couple of suggestions, what I liked. Mm-hmm. And he had a couple of suggestions. And then it all came down to uh, Toho saying... Uh, No, no, Mm, less this, smaller this, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and uh, they, you know, make, make the, uh, the back fins larger and, you know, they, they had their input. So um, they molded this into the look that they wanted from Dan and the look that they wanted for a middle grade book. It was just kind of, you know, uh, every, everybody had their input. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't a specific, um, you know, exactly like this movie version or exactly like that. There, there were some, there were some tweaks that might not even be noticeable, uh, to the, to the average fan, but, uh, but yeah, no, so it, uh, it just, you know, every, everything, everything is molded in licensed work.
0: Okay. All right. And then, um, let's see now, now I've listened to uh, another podcast that uh, actually you and Tom Waltz, you guys did a panel on um, an IDW panel for Ghostbusters. And that podcast I listened to was nerdy show podcast. Crossing over with IDW's um, Eric Berman and Tom Waltz. Now, in that inner, in that panel, um, there are times when Tom had to tell Dan, you know, tell um, Dan, nope, you can't do this. No, Dan, you got to adjust this because Dan loves to put Easter eggs um, in his uh, artwork. Is that correct?
1: Oh, that's correct. He sure does. And we, we made sure that there are no Easter eggs, <laughs> <laughs> no Easter eggs in Godzilla. We actually, we almost had one. Uh-huh. We almost had one Easter egg. And what it was going to be is uh, you see the little action figure
0: yeah.
1: uh, that's on the first page uh, in all the previews. Um, it's a little Mexican wrestler looking guy. That was originally yeah. going to be a Jet Jaguar.
0: Oh my God.
1: <laughs> so we were going to do that. And, and, and what basically came down is, well, don't put Jet Jaguar here because if you ever wanted to use him in the future, if we did some more mini series and, you know, had some more fun with this, why, why tie your hands and, and keep yourself from using Jet Jaguar. So, um, so yeah, we we took him out just in case the opportunity ever presented itself uh, in the future to use him.
0: Okay. Now, now, now some of the little Easter eggs that Dan has done in the past, and I'm just pointing back to the Ghostbusters one-on-one trade, In chapter two, there's a bunch of guys on the golf course. And all of a sudden, you know, the golf ball freezes in midair. And you see this ghostly figure catches the ball. And I'm kind of going... This looks a little reference to Scrooge.
1: <laughs> I am not able to confirm or deny any resemblance okay. to the character in Scrooge.
0: <laughs> but uh, uh, just being subjective. <laughs> oh
1: yes, yes, completely subjective. Um, but you know, I mean, there there may be there may be some some uh, suggestiveness there.
0: Then, now, when I was reading the um, you know um, issue one of the Godzilla miniseries last night. I saw in the background, and I can't remember what panel it was, but there was a little, it was either on the YouTube thing or the panel, but I saw that there was a little um, poster for Planet X.
1: Yes. Well, (laughs) Planet X is a a, a famous little uh, bit and bob from the the Godzilla universe. And um, I'm not saying that it's an Easter egg. I'm not saying that it's a hint at the future, but I'm not going to say it's not either
0: no no it's no it's just i'm just pointing out a poster saying planet x it, it could refer to the x-men
1: <laughs> absolutely there we go so yes uh planet x was 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 an was an intentional little little nod to the history of godzilla though okay all right
0: um let's see um let's see um so now since you since you work on a lot of franchise properties ghostbusters Teenage Ninja Mutant Ninja Turtles, Transformers, and of course Godzilla. You know, um, does it give you freedom to write stories because you know what the boundaries are?
1: Well, uh, yeah, usually um, you know what you can do and can't do. That makes it easy to know where you can start with your story. Um, You throw out the ideas and they absolutely, they say yes to this, no to that maybe to this can you clarify or maybe to this if you do it this way and you know they throw some suggestions you know 99 percent of the time when you get a note from a licensor it's a good note and it makes everything look better and it makes me look good it makes the artist look good and it's just it's good stuff the other one percent of the time it it's not bad but it it you know i i i, I chafe a little bit you know there's always going to be the one note go well why this yeah. but <laughs> But I mean, that's, you know, that, that happens so rarely to me and it certainly hasn't happened with Toho. Um, They just, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been, I've had an easier time than some, I'll put it that way. I, I, it's, it's, uh, it's been, it's been good. Yeah. No, uh, knowing, knowing not to go too far in any one direction and and the rough uh, boundaries I'm at. And then, yeah, we go from there. So it's, it's been pretty easy for me. I can't say that it's been easy for everybody, but yeah.
0: Oh, Okay. All right. And then are some of your writer friends, artists, are they jealous that you're working on a Godzilla mini series?
1: Oh, yes. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Why him? Why not me? Got Godzilla tattooed on my back. Well, no, not that bad. Um, But there's definitely there's definitely a couple of uh, I I definitely got a couple of emails uh, that basically came out to you, jerk. Uh, may, may, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe the language was a little stronger than you, jerk. But it was all—it uh, was all in fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's,
0: I'm sorry. That's that's pretty good. But yeah, I, I, that's pretty good. <laughs> all right. So, okay, since we're talking about Godzilla, um, I'm going to go to another kite. I'm going to point to another kaiju property. Have you seen any of the um, Gamera movies?
1: I have. I watched them. I mean, again, this was, this was a while back watching them when they were, they were popping up on TV and back in the eighties. And uh, I also saw, them. <laughs> this is, this is probably uh, uh, not, not as good to admit the, the mystery science theater versions of, uh, of those, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, no, I, 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 uh, I remember Gamera. Yeah. Okay. I mean, right. it's, it's a
0: turtle who can fly for crying out loud. This is awesome. <laughs> So, and just for our listeners, so Gamera, yeah, as, as Eric said, is it's a, you know, Gamera's a turtle that could fly. Um, Gamera also breeds fire. Um, basically, Gamera was um, a competitor to Godzilla. And the first Gamera movie came out in 1965, created by um, Yon- Judo Saito, and it's owned by the Dai Film Company. Um came out, you know, it, there was 12 movies that came out. Um, to me, the best of the Gamera series is gamma Guard, and now this one came out between 1995 to 1991, the trilogy, the gamma trilogy. Gamera, Guardian of the Universe, Gamera 2, Attack of Legion, um, gamma 3, um, 3, Revenge of ISIS. Now, that third movie, I remember renting that it left on a cliffhanger and then that was it. There was no follow-up movie after that. And it was just, oh. But so if listeners wanna check out the Gamma movies, um, the ones from 1995 to 1991, I think were are considered the best. So, Okay, so my next question, have you toyed with the idea of Godzilla versus Gamera? Not
1: exactly. I mean, it's, it's the kind of thing that occurs But, I mean, for this one, we were were pretty set with what we were going to do before I wrote a word. And there's other stuff, obviously, I think fans would want to see – probably before Gamera. i think you know get her a we need him first before yes. you go on but um, i honestly i don't know i I'd, I'd have to i'd have to ask and and before i got too invested and excited and coming up with ideas i'd have to ask is this even possible and they might say yes and they might say no yeah. uh, just for the simple reason that i mean sometimes a, a licensor will say no just because it's possible, but they, they don't like the idea or they don't want to do it or, or, you know, they're not interested. Uh, the person, the person who has the per, the power to say yes, no might just not be interested, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I honestly don't know. I mean, if it ever, if it was ever possible, uh, uh-huh. we'd have to see. Yeah. Okay. But it'd be, it'd be, it'd be something fun to see. That's for sure.
0: Yes. Okay. Now let me ask this next question. Would it be something fun to see, if you see a Godzilla versus a Transformer,
1: boy, that'd be interesting to see. Now that I, I was thinking about that when you when you sent me uh, some of the uh, the pregame questions, and all I'm thinking is, now how does Megatron get a hold of Mecha Godzilla and what kind of fun would that have? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's all that's all I'm thinking is is somehow the bad guys get a hold of Mechagodzilla, and it just it goes south from there. And uh, I mean. I don't know if it'll ever happen, but now I kind of want it to just, be- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just because I, just that one stupid visual, that one idea and I, there's nothing else, but now I just want to, I just want to see, you know, uh, mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's a little, he's still tiny compared to Mechagodzilla just tooling around in the driver's seat, laughing and blowing stuff up.
0: Oh my God. I never, I didn't think about that part, but that's pretty cool because all I could think of was like, because, because I saw previews of, um, the current Mecha Godzilla, I was like, "Wow, wouldn't that be pretty neat if, if yeah, if he was mm-hmm. a Transformer?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, any last words about the Godzilla series? Well, um, it was a,
1: it was a blast to do. I hope that we continue to do more. We have ideas for a second one. Um, if if this one does well enough and everybody's happy, we uh, we have some ideas for the second one uh we're i mean i i've been done with it uh, for a while i i wrote this one pretty fast it came it came together uh, pretty quickly i mean as far as uh sometimes scripts take take the full month to write you know depending on my schedule but uh i i yeah no i'm uh, i'm all done dan is cruising towards the finish line of the miniseries as well so hopefully we'll be able to pick up the baton and do it again uh because it's been it's been a blast. It's been fun, and I'm hoping that the fun that I'm talking about uh, is is uh, you know the, the audience can pick it up. I'm really hoping that uh, the target audience, uh, the the middle grade audience, likes it. Kids. I hope I hope they get into it because uh, you know you'll you want to uh, you want to get the kids interested because then your audience keeps growing and and you know
0: uh,
1: uh, continues. <laughs> so-
0: but the other thing too, I also, what I liked about, um, when I like, I keep referring back to reading issue one is that also too, it's like, but I also, because you know, I'm an adult and I also enjoyed it too, as well, it was, oh, yeah. it was fun, you know, so it's- Well, I mean, the, 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 uh,
1: the idea that we had is, I mean, there's the target audience, but we don't want to make it, uh, we, we want it to be accessible to everybody, uh, you know, younger than middle grade. There's nothing that should be, you know, too offensive for that. Uh, if they're a precocious, you know, seven-year-old Or, you know, somebody who grew up with Godzilla and remembers the silliness of some of the movies or the, you know, the drama of some of the movies, we Mm -hmm. want to have something for them as well. Now, it's not going to be um, doom and gloom, R-rated, no humor Mm -hmm. type of adult, but it will be if you go back and look, there's some silly stuff in those old movies and it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. And that's what we tried to, uh, you know, the spirit we tried to capture this, you know many fans, I won't say most, but uh, became, became fans of Godzilla when they're, yeah, about 10, 12 years old from the movies that were running on TV. And I'm not going to say most, but I mean, that's, that's a good chunk of where uh, people I've talked to have seen Godzilla first. So, you know, that's, that's what we're, we're trying to get that same vibe and that same audience. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. Um, Now I'm going to continue to move on. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Last year, You and your friends started a podcast. It's called the Friendly Neighborhood Webhead Podcast.
1: Yes. (laughs) How did that come about? Uh, Well, um, I was talking with my friend Ethan Colchimero, who is the co-host of the podcast. And we were talking about just writing up. uh, I was talking, I should say, about writing up uh, observations about the Spider-Man movies.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, just, Just for something to do. And he said, well, we should do it as a podcast. We could just talk about it light bulb. And of course, you know, with the pandemic, everybody and <laughs> everybody in their neighbor has come up with a podcast who didn't already have one. Um, so, you know, I mean, it was just, yeah, it was, it was the perfect thing to do. And uh, we had, we had uh, some technical difficulties uh, that put us on hiatus for a while, but we did get through the Tobey Maguire trilogy. We got through Amazing Spider-Man and we got through three quarters of uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2. We recorded the the last bit and uh, Ethan was going to be editing that. We we trade back and forth on the editing duties, and that's when the technical <laughs> uh, difficulties happened, and and uh, you know some some stuff that he had to deal with as well. So we we uh, we took a little bit of a break. We did the Civil War episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know Tom Holland, Captain America. We we that's the last one was up, but we did record one uh, a couple of nights ago. Uh, just, just a uh, you know, a state of the podcast, a hiatus thing, talking that we'll be back soon. Uh, jumping into the MCU proper and Tom Holland, it's basically us just talking about the Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. Going, uh, we 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 break it up into four episodes. We discuss the movie, we talk about Easter eggs and and our feelings and thoughts, and uh, we just have a good time talking Spider-Man, and it's, it's just that simple.
0: I'm going to put you on the spot. Favorite Spider-Man movie.
1: Uh sentimental favorite always going to be the uh, the original 2002 Toby Maguire one because that one was the first one that I saw Spider-Man moving on screen and my I you know like, like a baby bird I imprinted on it. <laughs> <laughs> um you know that there there were other ones that had uh uh action scenes that were better or uh, I think the way we put it was um Toby Maguire had a uh, a Peter Parker that we liked. Yeah. And uh, Andrew Garfield was the had had a had a good handle on the quippy Spider-Man because Tobey Maguire didn't do a whole lot of joking. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, Tom Holland is just kind of the earnestness of the character. The you know the am I doing everything right? Am I not doing something wrong? Oh gosh, you know the that anxiety and, and neurosis and just trying to do the right thing. Now if you put all three of those versions together, you have the Spider-Man we know from the comics.
0: Oh yes. <laughs> And. I, and i know and i'm jumping i i i know i think all of us have read through the internet that we might be seeing all three spider-mans in the next movie Who knows?
1: i i think that it's a foregone conclusion um <laughs> I, i'm <laughs> pretty sure that that's what's going to happen mm-hmm. but uh you know we 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 talk a little bit about that on our on our hiatus thing about you know what we've what we've heard and what we want to see and i'm 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 90% sure that they just couldn't keep this, the, the pandemic, if the, the movie had come out when it was supposed to,
0: yeah.
1: um, it might have, uh, they might've been able to keep it in, under wraps, but, uh, you know, with all the, the extra lead time that uh, quarantine has added on, they just weren't able to keep it safe and secret.
0: All right. So, all right, Eric, I'm going to start wrapping things up. So I'm going to, so um, Drew submitted this question. Where do you see the comic industry going in 2021?
1: Man, it is impossible to predict because I had just read that uh, print book sales were up 20, 30% in the first quarter of 2021. Um, if, if print sales are up, then you know I, I would assume that uh, at least trade sales are up as well. Uh-huh. And I've heard from uh, some of my image creator friends that uh, the quarantine has been pretty good for their business statements. So um, more people sitting around without stuff to do, more people reading, more uh-huh. buying books. But you know, like I said, it's it's tough to say. There's there's been so much change already with Marvel and uh, DC leaving Diamond Distributors, yes. and uh, you know there there are several new publishers with new uh, initiatives and new uh, publishing ideas. TKO comes to mind with with the way they publish their books. You can have it as you can have the six issues. You can have it as a trade. You can get it in a little box set. Um, just just different ideas like that. And I mean. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's been a creative and, uh, no, let me, let me say that in a different way. Um, creatively, I don't think we've ever been better and we're getting better. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that just, that just uh, continues to translate to more people checking it out. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to be optimistic and positive about it. I think things are going to uh, at least stay as they are, if not get better.
0: Okay. No. Oh, thank you very much for that answer. Now, where do you see yourself professionally in a year from now? And, uh, well, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully still working. Uh, <laughs>
1: um, no, no, I, uh, I, I don't know. I um, have a couple of things that I have uh, pitched and they're looking at. And if those things go through, I know what I'll be doing next year. Um, but other than that, I'm just, I'm hoping to continue on as I have. And uh, cause, cause I love
0: what I do. Oh, okay. All right. Um, all right. Now I'm going to go into the fun questions, and, and then we'll start wrapping up. So, um, what comics are you? Well, actually, let me rephrase this. Um, what Kickstarters um, are you reading, and would you like to promote to our listeners?
1: Okay. There's there's some that I, I just backed, and I'm waiting on. There's uh, Alex Segura and Company have put together the Dusk. That uh, I think that's today was the last day, and uh, it's it's like. Um, a throwback to like uh, the kind of uh, Batman, the animated series style storytelling and that art deco. Uh, it looks good. I I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, Jason and Ashley of the uh, geek history list and podcasts, they have um, uh, Jupiter jet. They have two books out. I got uh, Jupiter jet two a few months back and enjoyed that immensely. Um, gosh, there was uh Boy, there was a couple. Now, now I'm I've I've got the ones going in my head where I got to see some previews, and they're not technically out on Kickstarter yet, and I'm confusing them with the ones. That, but <laughs> yeah. my uh, my friend Erica Schultz has one. I read um, I read the first uh, bit of the Kickstarter coming up for uh, an action series called Deadly Bouquet, and that's uh, that's a lot of fun. But I also want to uh, I also want to suggest uh, Kyle Stark's Old Head, which is a basketball player versus Dracula and uh kyle starks and uh my friend erica henderson worked on Assassination a couple years ago that was an image book that was fantastic it's just you know like 90s b-movie action and finally just because you know train of thought with erica henderson her and alex Decampi worked on a book called dracula mother effort oh, yes. <laughs> and that was that was that was also just i mean Erica upter game on the art and it was a, uh, it was a fun grindhouse book. So all these things are, are, you know, popping into my train of thought. I've, I've read more than I thought, but like I said, when you have, uh, when you're working in comics and you have so many people uh, making comics as friends, mm-hmm. boy, it just, it, it gets tough to keep up with their, their personal stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but I mean, those ones, those ones are all uh, good ones to, to look into here. Then the, the deadly uh, bouquet Kickstarter, Uh, that, that one that I got a preview that hasn't launched yet, but, uh, you know, it's one to look into.
0: Okay. All right. Um, I know last year, 20, you know, 2020, you know, conventions were basically shut down due to the pandemic, but I'm going to ask this question. What was your best convention moment or moments? Oh boy. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. I've,
1: I've met so many great people uh, comic creators and fans at conventions and it's just been a joy one of the uh let's see um train of thought train of the I uh, uh, a couple of uh, folks who who started out at San Diego bringing Ghostbusters books up to me to sign. I got to be good friends with them, and in 2018 I attended their wedding. Oh. That was fantastic. Yeah, that was great. Um, you know, you don't. You, that's you know, that's that's an odd way of going. But uh, but uh, they become very good friends, and they're they're lovely people. And I'll I'll keep their name out of it so they don't yell at me. Oh no. But, yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, and then um, and then just uh, the. Uh, the aforementioned uh, Ghostbusters panel at San Diego with Ivan Reitman and just the packed crowd Mm -hmm. and people, you know, cheering some of the stuff that he was talking about and just having that energy in the room. That was a, that was a great moment. Mm -hmm. Or, or, uh, you know, walking to the secret back alleys of San Diego and almost running into uh, David Tennant, who was there to announce DuckTales. And I'm just like, excuse, oh geez. (laughs) 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 I told, uh, I told a friend of mine about that. She goes, you almost, Touched him? What's wrong with you? Why didn't you? <laughs> she was she was mad at me for not running into the man. I
0: <laughs> But I I, I only can imagine, like you said in these you know those those secret alleys. It's like as soon as you pass them, you're going that was David Tennant. And then he's already like ten feet away already, right? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean I've had the
1: the, the weirdest you know, almost moments at San Diego. I, uh, when the winter soldier, uh, was about to come out, yes. I was, I was just taking a break away from the booth. I was standing off the sides. The door opens. Hey, that looks like Samuel L. Jackson. Oh wait, it what? is. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole cast is just walks right past me. And I, I, you know, and I was so tired at that point. I didn't, it, it took me a minute to even register who it was. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's so cool that you saw him. Yeah. I mean, it was a whole it was, it, was, it
1: was Chris Evans and, uh, and uh, Sebastian Stan and the whole nine. It was yeah. You know.
0: That's awesome. That is
1: pretty cool. Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, just I mean they, they just walked in front of me. I wish it was more cool than that, but I think the fact was that it, it was a surprise. <laughs> <Not
0: really. laughs> all right, so
1: have you visited Hawaii? I wish I had, but no, I've never been out that far.
0: Oh okay, all right. Okay, on my list. All right. <laughs> now, what is your favorite takeout place? You know, in your city or town. Oh,
1: boy! I uh, let's see. There is a uh, there is a pizza place, a local pizza place. Uh, called rafferty's that i love them there there was the, I, I i was thinking of a couple other ones but i realized sadly that they they decided to close up during the pandemic and so i can't i can't talk about them anymore but um but yeah rafferty's uh, as far as local stuff they have uh, some interesting pizzas and i enjoy going there um and uh you know Drive drive a little bit further down to where my brother lives is a is a great sushi place uh, called Sake Sushi mm-hmm. that I uh, I really love uh, going to whenever I'm down there and you know there's Indian restaurant Thai restaurant right in the same block so I mean I'm I'm covered for for good food when I uh, go down to my brother's but uh, but yeah up here the the pizza place is uh, is what I'd have to go with
0: okay all right so if and when you ever do visit Hawaii make sure you have to you know hit up one of our sushi bars or restaurants
1: down here oh oh no <laughs> i uh <laughs> i've i've I, i've many friends have gone i've got a list of stuff that i need to try <laughs> uh-huh. i you know as the the minute i can get out there i'm i'm excited to just eat way too much beach <laughs> what no food
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right can you promote your um social media sites again
1: sure uh twitter twitter.com just i am at eric burnham And that's E-R-I-K-B-U-R-N-H-A-M. Burn ham. You know, there we go. Like setting a pig on fire. (laughs) Uh, I have the same handle at Instagram. And from either of those places, you can connect to my website, which is spelled differently, or anything else that I'm at very easily.
0: Okay. All right. So again, listeners, Godzilla, Monsters and Protectors, number one is out in stores. Um, And then correct me if I'm wrong, Transformers, Beast Wars Number 3, is it out right now?
1: It did. It came out at the beginning of the month. We're about uh, two weeks away from Number 4 as we talk.
0: Okay. All right. So, um, Eric, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to interview. Thank you very much. Oh, well, uh, thank you for having me, sir. Until next time, guys, aloha. Aloha, everybody. That was my interview with writer Eric Burnham the writer of IDW's Godzilla, Monsters, and Protectors. Now issue number one is out in stores right now, and Eric is also currently writing IDW's Transformers Beast Wars. Now the current issue is also out in stores right now. It was great talking to Eric, and what's so cool about Eric was, was how he broke into writing. You know, he started out writing for Shooting Star Comics Anthology, and now he's writing the biggest franchises At IDW. You know, everything from Ghostbusters, Transformers, you know, to Godzilla, to name a few. And that's awesome. It really is. You know, now, and I've also mentioned that Eric was a guest on a couple of podcasts that I listened to to prepare for this interview. He was on the Ghostbusters Resurrection podcast. That episode was crossing over with IDW's Eric Burnham and Tom Waltz episode. And also, Eric was also a guest on the Geek History Lesson Podcast, Episode Three Sixty One, Godzilla with Eric Burnham. So, if you guys get a chance, please check them out. You know, it, it was it was a lot of fun listening to those episodes. It was re, it was really great. And also, too, please check out with um, Eric's own podcast, the Friendly Neighborhood Webhead Podcast. It's a pretty cool podcast. So, again, please check that out as well. Now, I want to give, you know, I want to say, you know, mahalo or thank you in Hawaiian, you know, to a few people who made this episode possible. First off, I want to thank Tom Waltz and Megan Brown of IDW and the Toho Corporation for letting me do an interview with Eric. So, you know, Tom and Megan, thank you very much. And I want to thank Eric for his time. Eric, thank you very much. It was so cool talking to you about Godzilla. Thank you very much. I also want to thank Drew, the co-host for Comics for Fun and Profit, for letting me contribute to you know, to his podcast. And Drew, thank you very much. Drew does all the heavy lifting behind the scenes in putting this episode together. So Drew, thank you very much. And if you are a new listener to the Comics for Fun and Profit podcast, please check out their weekly episode that comes out every Saturday. Drew and Kyle do spec picks of new releases that comes that comes out every Tuesday and Wednesday. So if you guys get a chance, please check out, you know, the comics for hundred profit um episodes. Thank you. You know, and I want to say thank you to you the listeners, you know, for your time and you know, thank you for listening to this episode. Until next time, guys. Aloha.